Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Margelina, and joining me as always is Derryfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Joe, I'm doing good. We're back uh, after after dark sessions here. <laughs> uh, these Wednesday, these late Wednesday games are a killer here. Oh, I think uh, I think we'll be okay over the next couple weeks because now that we hit the playoffs, we kind of uh, shuffle the schedule a little bit. Uh, we'll get into that after we do our uh, our finish our intro here, but. Uh, you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at nhhsports. Uh, this week, we're once again recording the show at Backyard Brewery and Kitchen in Manchester. You can listen to the show Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. So before we get started here, let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsors. The presenting sponsor for the Ninth State Sports Show is Roger Howe of the Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. Just like the weather, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with The Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide a market analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of The Bean Group at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583 or email him at roger at rhowrealestate.com. The Ninth State Sports Show is also proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads, or guys, if you need a stick string and before we get into the playoffs, you need to contact Joe. To learn more, visit them online at prolaxcustoms.com, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, or email prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. Well, I got to tell you, Joe, uh, once again, he, he sponsored a win today for us. I had I had several <laughs> kids this week uh, blow out sidewalls and need need sticks restrung, and uh, he strung them up and, and got the W for helped get the W for us today. So as you guys are heading into the playoffs here, if you need a stick strung, uh, he, he is the place to go right now. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, you know, uh, we do start the playoffs next week. Um, we will be the, the show will be up at a normal at the normal time uh, Thursday of next week to get you ready for the, the playoffs. Uh, but we're going to be recording it a day earlier uh, on or day earlier than normal. Then the following week, we're actually going to do two shows because we're just nice guys. Uh, we're going to do a Monday semifinal preview that will be available Tuesday uh, of that week, and then we're also going to do a championship preview that'll be available Friday, and then we'll be back for two final shows to end out the year, uh, regular schedule, one to wrap up the championship games, one to wrap up the season and take our our premature look at uh, 2023, which I just can't believe I'd said all that because it's, how are we already at this point? It's crazy. It's flown by. And you might be a nice guy, but I got to tell you, the person at home who's in charge of me, she's already put she's already put in for overtime. So you, you, I'm going to need an overtime check for, for that week there. So uh, but no, we're looking forward to it. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to talk about it. But it's I think D1 is starting to become clear on the boys side. I think D2 and D3, there's still some pivotal games that have got to be played. Right. Um, you know, but we've got a pretty good guest on the D1 side. Um, and Joe, before before we go any further, uh, not to disappoint the uh, the listeners, but uh, 
I do not have any impressions lined up this week. Uh, I got a lot of great <laughs> feedback for our coach Blasco one last week. I, you know, I, um, I'm I got. I, I should have put some more thought into it this week, but uh, you know what? I don't need to give any fuel to uh, coaches for the for the playoffs with playoffs coming up here. So I'm going to hold off on the impressions. This I'm. Week. You know, I'll tell you when I was driving home last week, thinking about it, I was like, I meant to ask you. I was going to say, hey, do you care if I like tease this and so on social media that like listen for. Uh, for coach's impression of, of Coach Blasco, I got and, no lie to you. I, I got I got five to six. I got to look back through, but I, I got five to six texts that morning being like, "That was an A plus impression. That was amazing." <laughs> so people enjoyed it, but sorry, what did, what no, the, no impressions. What did the man himself have to say about it? I I or think he, Coach Ken was. Uh, I I think I think he he took it as a compliment. Uh, I didn't. You know, I we'll find out if I have to play him in the playoffs. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll Sar- see if he, sarcasm uh, doesn't translate through text <laughs> messages not just, to, just to make you. Well, before, <laughs> before we get into the high school playoffs, uh, we haven't done much of this this year because it's just been it's been tough just getting to all the high school stuff in the podcasts. Uh, but we want to talk a little bit of college uh, lacrosse here first because a lot of local champion, flavor coming yeah, up this weekend. Championship yep. weekend, a lot of locals um, playing. Uh, there's one game that's already been, or one division that's already finalized. That would be uh, the D2 women's side, where you had uh, U Indy, uh, Indianapolis, uh, beating East Stroudsburg in the final this past weekend, 11-9. Couple of local connections there for for uh, Indianapolis. You had uh, Abigail Lagos, who's from Wyndham. Uh, she's a was a graduate uh, or, or senior. I don't know how you. They they just had her as a graduate listed on their roster. She pretty, had a pretty she storied had, career. Yeah, yeah, three goals for them uh, in the win, giving her 93 for the season and 118, 118 points. points on the season. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, so definitely she, a goal scorer though. <laughs> 93 absolutely. of those 118. Yeah, um, but she goes out uh, with a championship, finishing off her college career. And of course, for East Stroudsburg, uh, you have Northwood's uh, Kendall Nestor is uh, is on that team. Uh, didn't see much action this year, but I'm sure. You know, with a, a couple of a uh, couple seasons under her belt um, now, I believe this was her second year. Um, Looking sure to make if, more of an impact. Yeah, yeah, year. a little more yeah. impact. And you got that experience of, of, of being part of the team yeah. and going to the playoffs and, and being in that championship. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's so. Congrats to uh, to Abigail and to uh, Indianapolis for for their first uh, women's lacrosse championship, and probably the one that uh, most people in the state are talking about. Um, You've got uh, the uh, Cameron family reunion continuing on for another weekend. Uh, you know, if they started out the year or started out the, the, the playoffs with uh, with Brian's Rutgers team, Sean's Princeton team uh, playing the same weekend at home. I know Coach Cameron was excited for that. He got to go see both those games back-to-back days in New Jersey. They, they both win, turn around and play this weekend at Hofstra in two different games. Uh, Rutgers comes out with a win over oh why am i blanking on this all of a sudden i just <laughs> you i'm judging by your expression you are too um pen yes rutgers had to come back at late in that one uh princeton get a yale. win yeah what's that <laughs> princeton yale yes and princeton yale was the other game that one was a was a cra- had a crazy start to it where yale got out 3-1 early i think it was and looked like princeton was in trouble and then all of a sudden their offense exploded. Uh, Sean had a, a goal in the run there for Princeton. I mean, and we haven't done a lot of college this year, but if, if people do some for some reason want to go back in the archives, we talked early in the season that both Rutgers and Princeton were two potential Final Four teams based on their offense. Uh, you know, both teams, goaltending needed to step up, faceoffs needed to step up, and they seem to be peaking as, as they've gotten into the playoffs here. Um, yeah, really impressive games for both teams last weekend. 
I know talking to Coach Cameron in the beginning of the season, obviously with his boys, just making the playoffs w- was going to be the goal. And then now it, it's it's gravy getting to play in the championship weekend together, the whole family. Final four, uh, and, it, and it's it's a, a dr- an hour and a half drive. Well, I get maybe an hour and a half the way I drive, but I don't know about everybody else. Uh, but Hartford, I mean, it's it's right as close to the backyard as you can be without stinks, being. The, yeah. the weather report in the early in the week will look so promising. Now it's looking like thunderstorms oh, really? on Saturday, yeah. so it could be could be. A, but still, I mean, you're going to be there. It's going to be a great atmosphere. The games will get played. Um, you know, Coach Cameron had an incredible weekend last week and got to watch both his boys play in the same venue uh, at different times. Uh, probably did a wardrobe change in between games. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't, no uh, one's gotten him the half and half jersey. The half yet. and half jersey's got to happen because it works out perfectly because they both right. wear the same number, right? I, I mean, it's, it's it would yeah. it's, it would be perfect. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think they. I don't like their chances <laughs> either one of of winning a national championship because you have a team. That I, I, I like one of them advancing to the finals. I would say Rutgers has the better I, shot at getting yes. to the final. But that's because, uh, I think that's a very winnable. Yeah. I think that's a very winnable matchup for them against Cornell. Uh, I like Rutgers' offense right now. Um, I'll be honest with you; I haven't studied the face-off circle that much between the two things, but I think that'll be key. Rutgers seems to be playing well in the goal right now, um, getting hot at the right time, so that helps. I mean, Rutgers has the firepower to do it. Um, but that being said, I mean Maryland looks like they look like well, the Loyola of 2012. Wasn't um, um, I'm forgetting his name, the Virginia coach. Um, said after they lost to him this past weekend that he, Maryland's one of the three best teams he's ever seen or he thinks is there has ever been in in college lacrosse there 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 is dominant right now there is dominant right now as as Loyola was back in 2012 you know it's hard to compare teams from d- different eras yeah, and different I'll, times I'll, yeah, but yeah. um you know I, I I would agree that this Maryland team seems untouchable and if they were to lose it would be one of the biggest upsets uh you know pro- probably probably ever in, in, in college lacrosse, but still, that's why they play the game. Absolutely, you know I mean? it's, absolutely. It's great that both those boys are there and getting that experience. Uh, so yeah, those games, uh, Final Fours on Saturday, Championship game Monday, Memorial Day. Um, looking forward to those. The D two final, you've got uh, some more uh, local ties there. Uh, you got uh, Tampa, who's playing in that game. They have uh, a senior by the name of Cormac McCarthy, who, uh, if you remember, played at Bedford. Went to uh, BU for a year or two and then moved on to, to Tampa. He's, uh, I believe, he started 19 games for them this yeah. year on defense. For, former stand, yeah. former standout at de- yeah. close defense and at LSM plays mm-hmm. both. Uh, I haven't gotten to see him play much this year. I assume he's still playing LSM. I haven't, I haven't seen him a, a whole lot. I don't know if he's switched down to close right now. Have you gotten to see him play at all? I have not. Uh, right. But looking at his stats, I think he has a goal this year so maybe that's probably uh, a better ground yeah. balls would be a yeah. good indicator yeah. too on that one too but uh, uh so that'll be fun to see cormac out there and then um they're taking on mercy who got there with a double ot win over lemoyne which uh is where uh timberlane's billy savage is as a freshman uh didn't don't think he got too much playing time this year maybe maybe a redshirt year for him but uh you know, another um, another. But I don't tie. think it'll be too long before he no, gets on the field absolutely. there. Knowing knowing the type of player, watching him play in the past, uh, I think he'll be making an impact for them in the future. So, and good good for Lemoyne to have that yeah. kind of depth. And then the D, th- if I'm remembering this, D three and D two games are also in Connecticut on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. So, yep. I mean, if you if you you need something to do this weekend, it's a. It's not Foxborough, but it's it's a fairly it's an, easy trip a, for a lot yeah. of, for a lot of us. It's not much further than what you would have had to driven to go to Foxborough. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's a great venue. I I think I'm planning on going down on Saturday. 
um, depending on the weather, right. uh, to kind of catch those. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll see about the re- we'll see about the rest of the weekend. I've only been down there for for UConn football games, which um, I don't know the, the the crowds actually this weekend might be bigger than than the crowds for UConn football games at least when I've been there. So um, then in the uh, the D three game you've got uh, RIT taking on Union, and uh, our, our connections New Hampshire connections here get a little bit. Uh, uh, we're we're reaching a little bit, I think. But for RIT, you've got uh, a fellow by the name of Drew Leahy from Portsmouth. Actually played his high school across at St. John's Prep, uh, but but is from the Portsmouth area. And then for Union, you've got uh, Archie McAvoy, who's a freshman from uh, actually from Cape Elizabeth up in Maine, but was a mem- was in the Tomahawks program uh, for his club lacrosse uh, before going. Sweet stuff to me. He's sort of like a like it's a cousin a, yeah, that we, yeah, we you there know we go. Stuff. yeah. We we don't yeah we, we we treat him like a brother but he's not technically a brother. Um, and then in the Division One final, uh, Phoebe Day, who uh, plays for defending champion uh, Boston College, uh, it's a standout for them. Uh, played in, at St. Paul's in New Hampshire, also a member of uh, of GSE. Uh, played for them uh, for for McKinley over there for for a long time. Um, they're going back look into the Final Four, looking for their second straight championship. And then, finally, in the, the uh, D3 Women's Final Four, uh, Grace Getman from Portsmouth is a uh, contributor on that Middlebury team that is in the, in the Final Four. Uh, I believe, looking at her numbers, she's got over 20 goals for them this year. Uh, been been an, uh, or a huge um, accomplishment for them getting into that game and, and looking for a shot at a title there. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of things to watch this weekend. A lot of reasons to uh, to head down there if you have the opportunity. And of course, uh, you know ESPN's doing a great job of broadcasting all these games. Um, so, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be a great weekend. It's a great yeah. weekend of lacrosse. So one other thing I want to bring up too before we get too far into the guys' uh, uh, conversation again. This we, is this is really interesting. Yeah, here. like this is. I mean, uh, whether whether you follow the girls' game or not, uh, this this has potential big impacts yeah, it's a, and, it's, and one that i'm trying to wrap my head around right now i, I don't I know. understand you, i had to explain it uh, uh like three or four did, times you yeah. did and i, I we even I broke out like a, I'm a fairly learned person you, are, you, are. you know like i mean but i had to i mean we even broke out a calculator just to add up points uh but on the girl side in division one it's been kind of an interesting development over the last couple of days in the process of putting together the playoff uh picture this morning i noticed that um bg didn't have enough points um in their rating which I kind of expected because the way the NHIA tracks it, you you play out of state games. The school you're playing is considered whatever. It doesn't matter what they are in their state. Right. You school know, they're, size. They're they, look years, school, they look at, they look school, at school size, size and then they're they place them like in the where division they that, would where be, they would be in our exactly, division, and yes. that's the points you get yes. for that. So right. so Moses Brown, Notre Dame Hingham, both schools that would be Division three schools or smaller if they played in New Hampshire, according to the NHIA's point system if you're a division one team who gets a win over division three team you lose a point you lose a point so you get three points instead of four <clears throat> so i expected those two points that i don't have a problem with that no. i mean it, that's the it's, rule we know the rule it, they knew the rule going into that totally understand that you can you can say whether or not you think the rule is a good one but that's the I rule mean, that's on the books it, it so. used to happen every year sure. when pinkerton would play cohasset yep and cohasset's one of the, the top division two programs i think in mass right uh, sometimes, traditionally. yeah, traditionally yeah. one of the top in the state, but because they're a small school, Pinkerton would lose a point for that game. So then I'm looking at this, and I realize they're not only they've not only lost those two points; they're short another two points. 
Now, if you remember back earlier in the year, BG Girls had a game against Central Catholic where Central Catholic scored at the buzzer Ends to tie, tie the game, 11-11. The Central Catholic they coaches, they don't want to play overtime because they've got a game the next day at 10 a.m. It was during their vacation week. Uh, yeah. They've got a game the following day at 10 a.m. They don't want to play in overtime. The officials say, okay, it's not. It's a non-league game. We're, right. fi- we're fine. You don't have it. to play in overtime. Everybody go home. Well, in the NHIA handbook, you do. You have to play overtime. It says in the handbook, no overtimes <clears throat> or you know, no ties. Overtime has to be played. Well, because of that, it appears that the NHIA is, instead of giving them, in other sports where there are ties, field hockey, soccer, ice hockey, you get two points, you know, instead of the four. You get half the amount of points for a tie. In this case, they're just docking the points from BG entirely. So basically, they played this game, and even though they didn't lose it, it's basically counting as a loss. And what that does, right? right. Instead of so, instead of, they're they're not getting they're not getting a they're not getting a tie for it. But they're, what what really is what we're trying to explain is that they're getting penalized. Instead of only playing sixteen games, they're saying that they played seventeen, and it ended in a tie. But they're giving them essentially, essentially what they're doing is giving them a loss. A loss. They're basically yeah. saying they're fifteen so and two. In, in my mind, I don't understand that at all. It should either it should either be a no count like it, it wasn't played. And, it, and it's and it's not it's not counted. Period. Right. Or right. or you get two points for the tie, and then and then you move on from that. And then you you make coaches realize right. for, from here on out, no, we got to play this game. Honestly, what I think should happen is I think that BG should be a, given a win because they're yeah. not the ones that locked off the, the field. Said, yeah. If you walk off the field in the middle of the game and say I don't want to finish this game, you forfeit that you game. Forfeit the I, game. I mean, and that's. You know, in, other, in every other case, I've heard of that. I mean, I mean granted, teams, I, other teams have been ahead. Again, I'm an athletic director, so look, I'm, I'm not bad-mouthing the NHA, but, like, we should be helping our teams here in New Hampshire. If that's the case, like, you know, BG and the NHA should be working together to kind of say, hey, look, this wasn't this wasn't our fault. Like, we, we played this game. We were ready to play overtime, and they, they said they weren't playing. So that's a forfeit, right? So you get points for that. And, and I don't know, I can't imagine too many others – Schools having a problem with that, or like I said, there's one of two out- outcomes that could happen from that, right? You say, look, we're going to give you because the other team forfeited, or you're going to take the tie and we're going to give you the two points for the tie because it's a special circumstance. To give them essentially a loss for playing that game, it feels it feels like a harsh penalty for trying to challenge yourself and go out of state. And you know it, uh, you know the the it's thing complex. that it does too. It, well, it. The reason and the reason it's a big deal. You know, because right now, if you look at the standings, Bedford's in first, BG's second. BG's done with their schedule. Bedford is playing or played Newport tonight. We haven't seen a result from that game yet. Uh, but at 14-1, and one, if Bedford were to lose that game and finish 14-2, and two, if BG's tie was counted, they would move up to number one. Because the tie's not being counted, they have no shot at that, even if Bedford loses. So you're going to have standings that say Bedford's 14-2 and two, and in first place and BG's 15-1-1 one and, one and in second place. Right. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, just another another wacky playoff standing scenario finish. I, I don't know what you want to call it. And what's feeling like a, is going to be a week full of them this week because I, I don't know. I mean, I know last year was weird and all with COVID and all, but I feel like this year is a little, you know, bat beep crazy out there. Like it's... There's some things that, that are going on that, that, you know, if you'd have told us in 2019 that they would have happened in 2022, uh, we'd have said no, 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 no chance. And I think that starts with, with the Division One boys' side. Um, you know, you've got, um, I mean, 
as of right now, Exeter's got the number one seed. BG's got the number two seed. But it's whatever the odds are, Exeter's got to go play at Concord tomorrow while BG plays Cape Elizabeth at Stelos. That game is actually on. <laughs> Despite did, what we Coach Cameron did. Te- Coach Cameron yep. did tell me it was We're, it was canceled. It was canceled, and then it and was uncanceled, and then it was uncanceled. It got moved a little bit, so it is on tomorrow. It's on. Um, but if BG wins that game and Concord somehow loses, or excuse me, Concord somehow beats Exeter, which strange if you remember, things ha- strange things happen that game in Concord. Is at Concord, and in that when the first time they played, Exeter won sixteen to six. But it, I believe it was a six five game going into the going fourth into quarter. The fourth quarter, yeah. If that happens, BG gets the one seed because they own the tiebreaker with Exeter for head-to-head. Correct. If Exeter wins, they're the number one seed. What we do know, South is going to be the three seed. Nashua South, it's fourteen and four, probably the best season they've had in fifteen years. Yeah, they're, let's take a minute. Let's take a minute to congratulate Coach Munson. I mean, if, it, if this truly is, we've we've heard rumors that this might be his last season. Uh, it, you know, if it, if it is, it, what a great way! What a great way! Uh, to cap that, I know. I'm sure they want to. They want to make a run in the playoffs. But uh, you know uh, what we're saying. First, first win over first Pinkerton win since '98, maybe '99. '99. So I had a chat. Championship game too. in '98. I had a, a chat with yesterday with um, Steve Gaudreau, uh, who is the head coach at Pinkerton. Um, who also and you asked played, him about this. Uh, we talked about it. He was. <laughs> hey, he was. Yeah. He was more than when we chatted for a while. Um, he he. Played on those teams. He and I actually both graduated from Nashua in '99. Um, he couldn't remember for sure if they won in the regular season. Um, I heard from Tom King at the Telegraph that that he's pretty sure that it, Nashua won the regular season game in '99 and then lost in the championship game to Pinkerton. Nashua did win the championship game over Pinkerton in '98, uh, which I believe was the first time a New Hampshire team beat Pinkerton. Yes. Um, Probably in a, cha- the, in a in, championship. I well, know. I think just overall. Uh, I, I, Coach O'Reilly likes to tell me that Derryfield had beat them at one point too. Uh, so there were well, some other losses in there. But I mean, he's he yeah. might he might just be trying to be nice. I, oh, oh wow, <laughs> wow, wow! I don't so. It's I don't slide on me. He's telling me that. He, I think he was calling me out for not wanting to play them for years. I think I think he was trying to get. I think he was trying to get me That's, to play. That it. might be more. Li- I think he was be, trying yeah. to dig on me. <laughs> Um, anyway, either way, uh, either, either way. way, huge win for Nashua South. So we're going, we're going with 99, 23 okay. years, first time since the split that it's happened. Uh, Coach Monson said first time that um, you know he, since he's been involved in the program because he of course played at Nashua starting I believe in 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. He's never beaten them. Uh, Coach Gaudreau uh, said uh, you know he just really wanted to be a part of both Nashua wins uh, over Pinkerton. So. A uh, little uh, <laughs> joke there, um, you know. But just a a, a really big, um, you know, kind Incredible of feather in the a, feather in the know, cap what, kind 20 of twenty yeah. seniors, something like that on uh, that team. Tw- this year? A twelve seen twelve out of no sixteen out of twenty eight kids. Yeah. Okay. So, so seniors, all right. Yeah. So maybe not twenty, but yeah. still a large large group. Yeah. Uh, you know, so great moment, great moment for them. Uh, you you had told me uh, you were at that game. Ethan Johnson, Ethan, 20, 20 plus saves, saves, twenty saves, ten in each half. He played out of his mind, um, and he was huge in that. Huge not just for the saves, but a lot of them he turned around and cleared immediately, which against Pinkerton is huge. They tried to go. Uh, I think they were trying to do a uh, ten, ten man ride, ride a yeah. little bit at times, uh, and when they were able to get into it, it was effective. But they couldn't get into it much. 
And then South, I can't believe how well they possessed the ball. They only had two goals in the second half. They shut out Pinkerton in the second half. When's well, the last time that happened? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, but they, the number of times they would get into transition and kids would be running down the field and the field was just open for them to run into open space and shoot. And they didn't. They held the ball. They killed, chewed up clock, you know, took time away from Pinkerton. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest of games. Um, there, are, there are great games that you enjoy watching. That one was. It was entertaining because of the history, um, you know. But if that was a random, you know, team A, team B that I showed up for, and it's a seven-three final where, you know, one team is running clock like that, it's maybe a little bit tougher to watch. But uh, a tr- just a tremendous effort from South Pinkerton then bounces back. Um, ends what was a horrendous week for them with with four losses in a row. Um, they come back and they just absolutely I mean, smoke Londonderry. Run, running time from the opening running, whistle in the second um, half. Not from the opening pretty whistle, close. but close. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was pretty quick. Um, I, I, you know, it, you went into that game and I'm kind of wondering, you know, does Londonderry have a chance because they'd played to a one-goal game earlier in the year with Pinkerton winning by a goal. Um, and I think... Uh, and I wrote about it today on the site. Pinkerton comes out, they get the first goal, but the first like five minutes or four minutes of, of that game were kind of in the balance, let's say. You know, Londonderry wasn't really – you could tell that they wanted to try to possess the ball the way South did. They weren't able to. Pinkerton pushed out on them. Um, Kyle Zern actually got a long pole goal uh, four minutes into the game, really ignited the entire Pinkerton bench. They went crazy. Started a 6-0 run in about four th- minutes. Um, it goes from being a 1-0 game to a 7-0 game. Uh, Ryan Lynch scores early in the second to make it 8-0. And it was... And it was on it was, from that yeah, point. Yeah, it mean. was... I mean, I... I it, was, it was good to see a team that's been kind of trying to figure things out offensively, um, especially with, you know, unfortunately, Riley Spellman going down with an injury in the loss to BG last week. They're not sure if he's going to come back, if he's going to be available... Coach uh, Godreau said the longer they play, the better the better chances chance are. Getting them back. Fortunately yeah. for them, they don't play again until, you know, the first Saturday in June, June 4th uh, in the quarterfinals. So a decent break right now. And <laughs> by an interesting, you know, twist of, of seedings and points and all that, Pinkerton's probably going to be – Pinkerton is the sixth seed – and they're going to go play Nashua South again. So your reward for getting the three seed is to get to play. <laughs> is to get to play Pinkerton. Rival. Yeah. Meanwhile, Excellent. meanwhile, the four-five game because we saw we saw Merrimack tonight pull out a sixteen-to-seven win uh, over Nashua North. Uh, so that means that Merrimack is the five seed, and they're going to go play at Londonderry uh, in the first round. You know, we haven't gotten to see we haven't gotten to see a whole lot of Merrimack this year. Um, you know, I know from playing them last year, uh, Matthew Todd was a standout for them at attack. I think he's having a big year this year. Um, Cam Wheeler on defense, you know, uh, senior this year, very good athletes. Uh, Shea Goodwin at the midfield. You know, it's a team that I watched indoors. Uh, you could see they had some they had some pieces put together there. Um, you know, and I know uh, that that's a team that went down to Division Two, had some success. Um, you know, made the playoffs there, had a very good year in 2019. Um, went back up, you know, and this is a group that uh, I, I 
don't have their full roster in front of me, but I, I think it's a very senior heavy team this year. You know, yeah. experience. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, they had uh, they had a pretty good year last year. I know we we played them last year. They were pretty competitive, um, and so it's a group that seems to be coming together at, at the right time. Yeah. So that I mean, you know, talk about great season or, or, or congratulations on great seasons, regular seasons. I think I think Brian Miller and and Merrimack uh, have certainly earned that too. Nine and seven. Being the f- the the fifth seed in Division One, gotta probably be in the and discussion for Coach of the Year. Absolutely, one. and um, you know, I, they're gonna go play at Londonderry to open. Not, I mean, if you, if you I were mean, it, probably the best matchup they could ask for. It's a winnable yeah. game. You know, absolutely. they they played Londonderry. I want to say um, the first or second game, maybe third game, and only lost by three to to Londonderry. Um, you know, so certainly a game that that they can probably go in and and. Uh, yeah, it was a 10-7 Londonderry win back on April 15th. Long you know, time ago, a lot, long, of things, yeah. a lot of things have changed since yeah. then. And, um, and Merrimack has had some pretty nice wins. You know, they beat Bedford a couple of weeks ago. Um, they w- went in overtime at Concord on Monday, this past Monday. Hot team uh, right yeah, now, four in a row. Yeah. Um, I so mean, that win, over, that win over Concord is pretty, is pretty impressive. Um, you know, at, at Concord, uh, you know, a gritty 9-8 win. Um, so they're they're playing they're playing well right now playing with a lot of confidence that 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 should be a fun matchup, um, you know you said you like you you like Londonderry Londonderry's home field there in the playoffs there a good crowd uh, that could be that could be a fun two two teams that probably like to hit and uh, and, and play on grass and play on grass so yeah. um, you know, it'll be an interesting matchup. I don't know there. if the crowd will be as as good as it is for a Pinkerton game but uh, but playoff game you never know um, and Londonderry had been on quite a run before that game against. Uh, Against Pinkerton, um, you know, putting together what ten, 10 out of eleven, yeah, five um, in a row, five in a row, ten yeah, out of eleven, yeah, um, you know, and then looking at the rest of the division, it's still kind of a toss up where Concord and Bedford are going to end up. Um, really depends on what happens in their their games, but if you, if I had to guess, Concord's going to end up at seven, Bedford eight, and then Sauhegan at nine. Um, I think Sauhegan's now locked into that ninth seed after they I, lost I, today. I believe so yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the easy part. <laughs> then we go to Division Two. Uh, a lot left to be written. A lot left to be written. Which is incredible because there's two days left in the regular season. Um, right now, though, I look think at that log jam at the top. That's incredible. Well, I yeah, mean, normally, normally you lose two or three games in a season. You're thinking, hey, I've had a really good season. Yeah, We're gonna, yeah. we might get a bye. I mean, you've got and you've got Winnicott that is is done at eleven and four. And they're probably going to be the eighth, seventh seed, eighth seed somewhere in there, which means potentially another, you know, a game with Portsmouth in the quarterfinals. Could be. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot left to be written um, still in terms of, of big games there. Uh, Wyndham had a big win today over over Hollis, a Hollis team that we keep saying is is, is playing well, uh, even though they don't have a ton of wins. Uh, was it eight eight seven today, eight, Joe? Seven you were today, at that. Yeah. You were at that game. Yeah, I was at that game in the second half and. Um, kind of back and forth for a little while there, and then Wyndham was just able to possess and kind of run out the clock. and And Hollis tried to make a bit of a comeback, but couldn't get the ball back. They they yeah. they struggled to to hang on to the ball to pick up ground balls, and that was the probably the biggest problem for them this afternoon. Um, but they, I mean, but but having seen them play earlier in the year during that stretch, they had a completely different team. Um, yeah, if they get in as the 14 seed or the 13 seed they get in the 14 seed right now they may go back and play Wyndham again they may. And, and i'm sure that doesn't make Wyndham too happy 
I do think they're. I do think they they have. I don't remember their last game. I they do play, think they're going to they pick up another Pem- win. They play Pembroke on Friday, so the good chance they'll pick up another win there. I do think they'll move up in the standings a little bit. So I don't. I don't think they'll finish as low as, as fourteen. They will um, be six and ten. I mean, if they win that game, they'll be six and ten. You've got um, this guy's good, folks. He knows his stuff. I check sp- it. Look, look into the web. <laughs> check, check his website out each day. I spent way too much time this afternoon uh, trying, trying to, to figure some of this stuff out. Um, you know, you had a, well a couple games that. One game that's going to work, I think, against their favor was that you had Hanover today going on the road and beating Goffstown. Um, you know, Hanover is a team that, that I think Hollis holds the head-to-head tiebreaker against, that if they had lost a couple games could have dropped below them. Um, now they look like a lock to get into the playoffs. Alvern gets a win over Cole Brown on Monday, which put them at six wins. I think that's going to probably get them in it's it's going to depend on tiebreakers i was playing around with things as well um you know alvern alvern's definitely i that's what i'm saying like it's really hard like i got coaches texting me what do you think about this this is what i was doing i'm like i'll be honest with you i don't know there's so many teams that it's like if they win or lose you know i think we know the teams that are in we just don't know where they're really where they're gonna go right right it's really and that's what a lot of these teams, uh, a lot of ki- a lot of teams in D two, there's still teams that have to play, and then there's a lot of teams that are they're done, done. Yeah. and they're trying to figure yeah. out their matchup, and they right, can't. Like right. you can't even you can't even figure out who you're going to scout. I mean, I think St. Thomas still has two games left, don't they? St. Thomas does t- have yeah. two games left. Yep. You know, and then you've got Manchester uh, United that has a game against Nashua North tomorrow. That's a huge on Thursday game for them. because that gives yeah. them the extra point, right? Which again messes with the with the, the standings, and then um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank. But they ha- oh, then then they play Wyndham. Yeah. Um, to finish out the year on Friday, and they're playing. They're playing good lacrosse. Yeah, um, they, they, they just have coming a t- off a big win against Trinity the other day. Yep, seven six win over Trinity. Yeah. Um, so they're they're playing well right now. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a crazy D two. It's going to be a crazy D two playoff. Looking at it now, I just saw that this or noticed that this was the result was in. You had Kingswood today, uh, finishing out its regular season with a, a fifth loss in a row there to, to Oyster River Newmarket. I think maybe they might end up being the odd team out now. Now at that five wins, at, win, at yeah. five wins, I, I think they may be the I think they may be the odd team out. Um, you know, uh, Portsmouth big sixteen five win over over Sauhegan today. They keep rolling. Um, they are definitely locked into that they're, one. They're the they, one they're, seed. They're yeah. going to lock into that one posi- one seed there. Um, so you know, it'll be interesting to see who they draw in the the eight nine matchup. Who who's that currently right now? Uh, oh, I got to count here. That's uh, four. Uh, would be Oyster River and I mean according to this it's Oyster River I think it might actually be Oyster River and Cole Brown because Goffstown's going to drop here because uh, their loss hasn't that loss today hasn't been put in there yet um, but yes it could be an Oyster River Cole Brown eight nine game right well, now. Then you look at all these team all those teams in that you, that you're looking at there they still have games left so yeah. like you're not going to again Portsmouth has no idea who they're going to play in that eight nine game yet because there's, well, there's still going to be a lot of movement. Fortunately they're going to have a week to they will have they will have more time it, yeah. to prepare for that yeah. yes yeah yeah. Um, any other things about D two that kind of uh, that are standing out to you or or I mean your your guys getting a big win today uh, Got a good win Thomas. played w- played well today I would say you know a, a bit of a statement game uh what 14 to 5 uh, over St. Thomas I will I will tell I was really proud of my kids today it was probably the best two halves of lacrosse we've played all year um you know we we kind of had this game circled for for a while we knew we knew what was at stake uh we we want to win you know 
again, depending on how things play out, maybe being the two seed may not be the best seed. But you know what? If we had dropped the game today and we go down to four, being the four seed may not you be. You may not have dropped be. the four. So you may have dropped gonna, all the way gonna to play, six. We're, we're going to play. We're going to play somebody good in yeah. the quarterfinals, and we're going to play somebody good in the semifinals if we make it there. And if we make it to the finals, we play someone good there. So the way we approach it is, we want to win every game we can win. And if we drop one, you know what? Then we weren't good enough. To, we weren't good enough to win the championship. And so. Um, yeah, it was it was great. I saw the kids performing at a high level today. Really proud of them. Um, but we still got a game to go. We got we got to play Alvern on Friday, and we got to earn that rest. Um, you know, as we head into Memorial Day weekend there. But yeah, super proud of my kids the, today. The reason I say kind of a statement. I mean, St. Thomas had been as hot as anybody in the division. Eight wins in a row. Some really big ones over over Oyster River, Winnicott, Wyndham. Um, so yeah, it was kind of um, you know not to to knock your guys any, anything but I expected it to be a little bit closer well and we you know we prepared really well expecting that it, we were hoping that the outcome would be the way it was but we we prepared for being a close game and we said that you know we had to execute and do the little not to be cliche but like you know we had to do the little things well and we did those things and they all added up and it, and it led to the outcome that we had today and that's I think that's the key like looking at how close all the standings are and thinking about our close losses we've had this year when we haven't done the little things well again sounds cliche but that's that's what's added when everybody is as close as they are this year with the exception of, of, of showing you know Portsmouth has been very dominant um, you know the, re the rest of the teams to win those games like that you, you have to do the little things well and today we did division three a little less confusing little less I confusing. would say <laughs> you got Campbell uh, at 14 it's actually very nicely lined up for you <laughs> it there. is it is um, and it looks like it, well almost everyone's games have been filled in here uh, Campbell of 14 and0 they've already clinched the the one seed uh, you know had uh, Lebanon coming out with a big win over Hopkinton the other day um, I, but the thing is is I don't know how much that's gonna help them because you know it doesn't I mean Hopkinton it might hurt them they could um, they could drop down you know, if they lose their f their finale, um, I forget who they're playing. What I can tell you in a second. Uh, oh no, they're actually done. They okay. So never, Hopkins did clinch the two seed. They they beat Bishop Brady on Wednesday, so they will be the two seed. That means that uh, either Laconia or Plymouth is going to be the three. Um, Laconia looks like, like they had finished out their seasons. They Plymouth are they are finished Plymouth, too. Plymouth has Trinity on um, Trinity coming up on. That's Thursday. Um, wow. Uh, but Plymouth with an 11-10 win over Milford today, which is uh, a lot uh, a lot closer than I would have <laughs> probably guessed it there. But uh, but quite the um, – yeah, quite, quite the effort by the Spartans there. It looks like they were down five at halftime, came back and made it a one-goal game. Uh, James Brew, who's been solid for them in goal most of this year. I mean, it's it's – it's Coach hard Erda to, making, hard to some adjustments, so making some halftime <laughs> yeah. adjustments there. Um, obviously, they've they've you know given up a lot of goals at times this year, but he's a guy who's typically got double digit saves for them, um, you know. And then uh, Luca De Rosa has been uh, a pretty good standout for them on defense. Harris Jones today had five goals, two assists for Milford. Um, just he's come on late. I've noticed in Coach Erda's uh, wrap ups here, he's um, he's a guy that's usually scoring their goals for them. Um. So while wow, that's a uh, was that game at Milford at Milford too? Yeah. yeah so senior, yeah. senior night, sending the, trying to send the boys off. Yeah. Um, a long drive for Plymouth, but you know to come back from five down at halftime when you're not really playing for anything other than pride. 
Um, that's a that's a nice job by Milford there, and, and a big win for Plymouth because it, win for it Plymouth. Keeps, them keeps them alive them. Yeah. for that um, that three seed, which I mean is is big then because then you don't have to play Campbell in the semis, you know. Um, but it's it's looking like well we've already got the teams figured out there. I mean you're going to have Guilford playing at Kearsarge in the eight nine game. Um, you know Trinity, I believe is going to end up finishing behind Pelham just because of that that head to head tiebreaker they had. If nothing else, um, you know so that's going to be a tough first first round matchup for whoever draws them. Um, but it's uh, you know outside of maybe that number one team, uh, and 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 I would say Hopkinton has you know looked like. A pretty tough out for everybody. And um, Hopkinson was a team that we had some questions coming into the absolutely, season. Absolutely, yeah. We didn't know exactly where they were going to be. We didn't know exactly what Coach Coach Blue had up there. Um, you know, we knew about Aiden Burns. Um, you know, we, they had some guys returning, but there there were some Ryan, holes. Ryan they Brown was another. Ryan yeah, Brown was another. Too, yeah. We talked about um, there were some holes they had to fill, and and then they've done it. You know, they've got a great culture up there. They've been strong for obviously been strong for a long time, um, and they look like they're going to be a tough out come playoff time. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I mean, that's going to be maybe not quite as topsy-turvy as Division One could be in the opening round, but I think may, may it might be chalky, you know, when you I get into the semis. Little, I think but it's going to be a little I think, chalky. I think the games might be close. They might be like, you know, we're looking at that Plymouth-Milford game. I think they'll game. be entertaining. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lebanon yeah. really intrigues me. I mean, the number of close games they've had this year. With pretty much everybody. Barely, barely everybody. With everybody. Fairly low-scoring games. Yeah. I mean, a little bit like if you're a coach, you're going in those games. You're a little white knuckle. You're, <laughs> you're, uh, you know, it, it's a game that you're kind of expected to win because everybody's kind of like, oh, we're playing Lebanon, but they they've played everybody really tough this season. I would say kind of the the big five um, that coming into the year in Division Three, uh, Lebanon lost to Trinity six five on opening day. They lost at that, and that was at Trinity. They lost at Laconia six uh, three a couple days later. They go to Plymouth, uh, first game in May, lose 9-7. They go to Campbell um, just a week ago and lose 9-7, which... I mean, that's a, te that's, that's a team that a couple bounces here and there, and, and you know, there, there's, an up, yeah. there's a couple upsets. Uh, the only other team to hold uh, Campbell under 12 was, was Plymouth, uh, actually in the game before that. You know, and then Lebanon finally pulls through and won. They go to Hopkinton and win 11-10 um, on Monday. So... It kind of, uh, it's got to be huge going into the into the postseason just to have that kind of win. Um, maybe builds a little bit of momentum. Any other teams in Division Three that kind of intrigue you a little bit? I, I've got one in mind, um, but I'm curious. Well, you, like, I, I, you, I'm, you want yeah, me to roll? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I just think um, I think it's a team that uh, is going to have a little bit of trouble scoring, but they've proven that they can dial up some defense. And, and Trinity makes me, if I'm a coach, Trinity makes me a little bit nervous. There, they've got. Um, Really good goaltending. They they've shown that you know, you, especially if they if you get them on turf, I think uh, because a lot of teams in Division Three don't have turf that right. works against them a little bit. But uh, you know, that game that Trinity had with Hopkinton, I mean, you you oh, you were oh, at you that. You got to remind me of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> back and forth. You know, tons and tons of saves in that game. Chase Hunt playing really well. Uh, but their other goalie, Guerra, had you know he's he's had a good season. Um, so they got they got two guys that can that are good ball stoppers. You know, it's a team that uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to face. No, no, and it looks like uh, it could be Laconia or Plymouth. Yeah, getting them in the first round, and after Plymouth has to play them on Thursday at Trinity. So um, it'll be interesting. Could be battle a, of the goal, know, turn, battle yeah, of the goals. Yeah, absolutely. Could be another three-two triple overtime game. 
I, it would not shock me if it was. <sighs> you covering that one, Joe? I, I mean, I don't know about now, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Tomorrow's a long or Thursday's a long way away. Um, you know, before we uh, any, before we wrap up, any other thoughts uh, overall on um, on the last couple of days here? And we'll, we'll probably I just can't believe I can't believe that we're going into the last two days of the regular season, and we really can't say with certainty where where te- most teams are going to finish in the standings and who's going to be normally at this time of year you and i are talking about the, the first round playoff matches and and you know who, who we're going to see it's there's still a lot left to be written um and which which i mean i think uh bodes well for a really fun playoff not not for coaches necessarily <laughs> but for, uh, for, for me reporters yeah. and fans yes. uh, i see you wearing the t-shirt there i i just hope ever i just hope both teams have fun yeah i had to break uh, this one out that today is, that's a, that's a great one for you not necessarily for coaches and players <laughs> I haven't uh, haven't worn one of these yet this spring, so I needed to break one out, uh, give it a run. It's a nice. I, I love it. it brings a, a nice smile to my face every time. I see you it. know, and I, I got a, I got some compliments over at Wyndham today. They uh, they enjoyed the shirt. Also, uh, thank you to the the folks that uh, I, I've been running into a lot more people that are, are are saying that they listen to the show every week, and uh, I can't express how grateful I am for that. Um, you know, I I really appreciate. You know what? You know that that people are enjoying what we do. Um, you know because we enjoy doing it. I I, I mean a little. I, I I enjoy doing it. You you look like you enjoy doing I, it. I enjoy doing. it. I'm not sure my wife enjoys me doing it, but you know we're ha- we're having a good time here, and uh, I I really do enjoy talking lacrosse. Uh, as I've said from the beginning, my goal number one is to, is to just bring more attention to the great players, coaches, and teams that we have in the state. Um, and and it, it seems like it's working. It seems like we're getting more recognition for our players and coaches and teams. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I hope we can keep it rolling. My wife enjoys us doing it because then it's one less night. She's got to you know figure out what we're gonna have for dinner, and, and she gets to do whatever she wants. I think the big difference here is you do not have a small child. I do not have a small child. With no. another one coming well, fairly I still, soon. I still am a small child, so eh, you know, it maybe kinda, it evens out. Yeah, maybe yeah, it evens yeah. out. All right. Um, he is uh, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach and AD Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for doing this. Love and it, Joe. We'll do it again uh, next week. All right. I am Joe Marcellina. Twice. Uh, yeah. Well, following week. Don't don't confuse us now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for listening and uh, for everybody finishing out their um, their seasons this uh, the next couple of days. Good luck. And uh, next week we will talk to you about the playoffs. <laughs>